Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here back with a full crew once again. Joining me is Mr. Lee Hancock. Hey guys, Lee here. And Mr. Roe Hancock. How are we going, Nick? Gentlemen, I tell you what. Oh, you, should I even ask? <laughs> it's, uh, I tell you what, my my nerves are shot. My mm. my energy and enthusiasm is still high, but I tell you what, doing podcasts, it's not as easy and as glorious as everyone thinks it is. It tests the patience and then some, doesn't it? The technical difficulties, difficulties should I say, have been running absolutely rampant tonight. Mm. Hence, there will be no <laughs> video for this particular episode on YouTube. But nevertheless, we're still here, aren't we? We're, we're ready to go. We're fired up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Big episode in store, though, lads. Now, as we approach the playoffs, now most teams ranging between 10 to 15 games, mm. we decided tonight we'd look at a couple of players we think under the radar, under the radar players, should I say, players that we think will have a big impact in the playoffs potentially. And we know these type of players, don't we? The players who might not have the biggest impact during the regular season, but particularly when the big games start to roll around, there's some players who I'm sure could be the difference or be a contributing factor. Indeed, Lee. Do we reckon anyone will have someone that isn't really under the radar? Because I'll be calling it out if there is. I think we're going to have a... I think we all know basketball well enough to call out a bad pick when we hear one. And I'll be quick on it as well. Very good, lads. I'm looking forward to uh, being put to the sword here tonight. Before we get into the show, though, guys, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, two tremendous networks doing fantastic things for not only us, but a multitude of other content creators out there. Mm. As I say, week in and week out, very appreciative of all their continued support. Uh, let's, let's get into some odds and ends real quickly here. Please do. Starting with the news of Jar Morant. Um, it's been a, a tumultuous week for Jar. It's a good word. <laughs> you like that? There we go. Word of the night. Happy days. Uh, That's Jar- an early call. Roe has some good good words. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say word of the pod just. Yeah, yet. I was about to say with mm. what, a minute and a half, two minutes in, that could be jumping the gun a little bit hasty. <laughs> what did Roe pull out last week? Well, like, is that even a word? Uh, oh, actually, yeah. Follow up to that just quickly. Synchronization wasn't you. Was synchronicity? In, synchronicity. Yes. Wasn't in the uh, sort of Oxford Dictionary. Yeah, it was there, but not in the way that I meant it. So, oh, really? What was, what was the uh, meaning? It meant something completely different. Yeah, your heart go. was in the right place. Sounded right. Um, Jar into the counselling program during the week in Florida. Um, it was unclear what the nature of his counselling was, but since mm. that time, he has left and is now nearing a return to the league. Mm. Uh, reports now suggesting we could be looking at him being back on the court sometime next week. He was handed an eight-game suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it currently sits, he's served six of those games, so very close to returning. Uh, but in saying that, I think it really – like some things are bigger than basketball. Mm, and, sure. you know, he went to counselling. It felt like it was all of two or three days. Now, I don't know if that's long enough for him to get the help that he requires mm. because, again, multitude. There's mm. been a multitude of issues over the course of the last month or so, you know, pertaining to Jar. I just think – you know, for him to be the player, to be the role model, to be the person that he wants to be, I think there's possibly, you know, I, I hope there's ongoing support for him. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not just a three-day program, you're done and dusted, you're fixed, you're cured, because it's not the case. It's um, a shame because it was, from my eyes, it was so obviously all for PR. Like yeah. it's the bare minimum he could have mm-hmm. done, done oh, three yeah. days of counselling and an interview with Jalen Rose, which seemed, oh, very heartfelt. It really didn't. He was just going through the motions didn't, in that interview. Didn't pull at your heartstrings there, Lee? No, I take accountability. Yeah, I'd hope so. It did. 
nothing out of this that he's done has felt heartfelt or sincere. Did you cry in Titanic? No, not in yeah, Titanic. Yeah, okay. You got a heart of a heart <laughs> of stone. So nothing. Not to I'd take a fair bit to uh to get you to uh to see the emotion oh, you behind. Took Jar's interview to no, heart, no, I, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> I 100% agree with you. I, I thought I agree. It was the bare minimum, just to essentially tick a box. Yeah. Um, but I, as I said, I hope there's ongoing support for him. Nevertheless, looking forward to seeing him back on the court. Mm. Oh no um, doubt, no doubt. But I might speak to that a little bit more shortly. Uh, the league and the players association are moving towards an agreement where to be eligible to win one of the major awards, whether that be MVP, Rookie of the Year, etc. There's going to be a minimum amount of games have to be played. Mm-hmm. Now, I was interested in what you guys think of this. The actual number is set as as of yet hasn't been defined. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about this? And if so, if you're a fan of it, what do you think the number should be? Like in my head, I'm thinking 60, 60 games. That's what came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Tick under 75% there. Um, in saying that, I don't think it's too necessary though, just no. for the fact there's already quite a lot of weight the games played in these races. Yeah, no doubt. But it's more just, I guess, having that as a set in stone um, kind of measure to mm, it all. But mm. uh, how do you guys think about this? Is is this something you would like to see? Is it something you think is not necessary? Or I actually really like it, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think that number that you suggested before is probably around the mark of where I was thinking, maybe yep. three quarters of the season or there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but particularly like for an award like the Most Valuable Player, you want, I, I think there has to be some sort of durability component that comes into this because absolutely, you can't have a guy bowling out. Like, for example, we saw Zion Williamson when he was out there for a short stint of the season, he mm-hmm. was an MVP caliber player. But as soon as he went down, he starts to drop down the rankings and now <laughs> obviously isn't thought about light years away. But, um, I think durability is a massive factor into it, and, um, yeah, I'd be happy to see it around the sort of 75 mark. I mean, the 75% mark. I was about to say, season. holy hell. Sorry, Mr. I thought it was Mr. Mr. No Nights Off there. Yeah, no, yeah. No, that's, that's all right. I'm all for that. Mm. Yourself, Lee, how do you feel about this? Do you think, so you agree kind of that that's 75% of the season mark? I think is... it's um, it's good to have a cap on it, but I don't think it's that necessary. Like when was the last time someone won one of these major awards and didn't play under, what, 60 games? Probably Joel Embiid with the uh, the Rookie of the Year. Jo- yeah, I mean, that was it. And I was thinking LaMelo Ball when he won Rookie of the Year because he was out for quite he a while. He was out for quite a while, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good to put a cap on it and you want to give it to guys that are playing more than, I'd say, three quarters of the season. So I, I'm, a, I'm not against it. Very good, lads. In other news, Bogdan Bogdanovich has signed a four-year, $68 million extension with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. Currently aged 30, he's averaging 14 points on 40% shooting from three this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Hawks will certainly need continued that level of continued contribution in the years moving forward if they're mm-hmm. to be a serious title threat. He fits well with the Hawks, but the Hawks as a whole just haven't haven't found their groove, have they? As Not yet? at all. I don't think so. And to be oh, This one actually shocked me a little bit because I thought – he was one of these players over the last few years who has been put up as trade bait almost. And yeah. like, I didn't think his future was long-term going to be at the Atlanta Hawks, but good on him. Uh, 40% from three, nice clip. But um, yeah, he has to get firing if the um, Hawks are going to ha- It's the same with it. Like it doesn't come down to one player for the Atlanta Hawks. They're, they just seem to be all out of sorts. And um, 
yeah, if that's the case, they're not going to progress very far these playoffs. Lee, do you mm. like the fact that the Hawks have re-signed Bogdanovich there, or did you likewise, you know, as Roe was just alluding to, um, you know, thought that he might have been potentially a bit of trade fodder there? Could have been trade bait, but you're happy to keep him if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan. Um, for what for a casual NBA fan, he might look like just a spot up three shooter. But yeah. then you actually watch a couple of Hawks game and he actually takes a fair bit of contact as well. Like yeah. he drives yeah. to the rim, he's shifty, he can pull up from the from the mid range. So um yeah, and what what'd you say the deal was? Uh it was a four year sixty eight million dollar deal. So mm-hmm. you're looking at their, you know, sixteen or seventeen mm-hmm. million, should I say? I, I don't know, is that overs? It's definitely not unders. But, uh, um, I don't think so. With the way as well over that four year period that the cap will continue to go yeah. up and things mm-hmm. of the kind. I think that's Probably pretty a pretty good deal. Yep. Um, very good. Moving ahead, last point here from me, the Golden State Warriors. After missing the last month due to personal reasons, Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, a lot hinges on him, I think. And mm. Steve Kerr during the week came out and said he's not sure whether Wiggins will return or not this season. Big. Now, he's averaged 17 points, five rebounds, two and a half assists, likewise going at nearly 40% from three. The question I have for you guys is, mm. Do you think the difference of the Warriors going back to back this season hinges on Wiggins' return? <sighs> or it, it, even with Wiggins, do you think they're not a chance of going back to back? Look, I had them. I, I always have the Warriors as a team who you cannot write off, but mm. it's cra- crazy to say, given their dynasty years and how important Steph and Clay and Draymond were as those main pieces. But I think now, with all these other teams in the West improving, <laughs> I think he's a real key cog to that. On both Golden ends of the State. floor. On offensively and defensively, 100%. Um, so I think if he wasn't to come back, in my eyes, that rules the Golden State Warriors out. Um, but if he was there, I'd give them every chance. Liam, for yourself, like the other day, the Warriors went down to the Clippers despite mm. Curry scoring 50. Phenomenal individual performance there. But if you've got someone, you're playing, say, a Clippers team and they've got Paul George, Kawhi, these other kind of high-tier, quite big Big mm. ball handlers. Andrew Wiggins, he does it on both ends of the floor. Definitely. He could nullify them, couldn't he? Yeah. So it's certainly a, a lot does, you know, I, I think a lot hinges on his return. I How think do you so. feel? He's a massive cog in their rotation and more so probably on the defensive end. But, yeah, mm. he can light it up any given night. Um, and we've seen he can do it in the playoffs, in the finals as well. My concern doesn't so much fall on Wiggins as much as it does on their road record, the oh, Golden State Warriors. Mm, it's it's the same as Detroit. Yeah, like you're not winning the playoffs. You're not winning, uh, yeah, in a seven-round series if you're coming out of the regular season. I think right now they're 7 and 20, 27, 27, 7 and 28, oh, something like that. Me. But it, it's absolutely abysmal. Great at home, Chase Center. Fortress, fantastic, great stuff. But on the road, as you said, Lee, it mm. is horrendous. Yeah, and a lot has to be looked into that record as well. Like it's not, it's not a coincidence that they've no. lost that many on the road. And I think come playoffs, particularly if they don't have Wiggins and they're not at full strength, uh, it could be an early exit. Indeed, I. Uh, it's hard because I had them as going back to back this season. Mm. Um, I likewise agree with you, Ro. When you've got mm. the greatest shooter of all time, one of the greatest scorers of all time. To, should I say two of the greatest shooters of mm, all time and that, that dynasty core, um, you know, off the back of a title last year, you cannot count them out. I think regardless of where they finish, 
they're going to be in and around the mix. But yeah. as you said, Lee, a big concern it's is just, certainly that road record. It's just odd. You'd think out of all the 30 teams in the NBA, under the most pressure at an away game, you think the Golden State Warriors, given the circumstances they've been in over the last couple of years, they would be the most capable of well, facing that pressure. And they're mm. 7 and 27. I don't know where it's come from, what's happened. They better switch on quickly. They've got 10 to 15 games to mm. rectify it. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not going to get anywhere near to 500 on that front, but Goodness, hopefully no. build a little bit of momentum on the road would be key moving forward. Yes. Fellas, let's push ahead. The Daily Dribble. Into our which players we think are under the radar players that we think will have a big impact in the playoffs. I say it week in and week out, guys. Another section, we would love to hear your thoughts, your opinions, what we got right, what we got wrong. Be sure to hit us up on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, Again, another phenomenal week across the NBA and NBL front, engaging with a whole heap of you guys out there. We certainly appreciate all the continued support, so be sure to keep it coming. And uh, as we say time in and time out, we love talking ball, so um, anytime's a good time. Beautiful lads. Lee, you look like a guy who wants to kick things off today. (laughs) My notes up. I'm going to go with um, Kevin Herder from the Sacramento Red Kings. Red Velvet. I like it. Red Velvet. Now, he, is he – what What do you have to say? Well, what, what happened I, – I didn't see, but he only played, I think, six to 12 minutes today. In he, oh, yeah, he went down. Minutes. Yeah, but, I was about to say, yeah. was it injury? Uh, light injury. I was reading up. They think it's going to be um, – they're, they're optimistic. I was uh, thinking maybe he, a couple games. He started zero or four. I thought they might have uh, just pulled the pin on him uh, <laughs> just on that game. Him early. Yeah. Yep. No, it's very good. I think Kevin Herder. Um, no, will... come on, little little international flavour on it. What red hot? Water. Come on, get it deep in the throat. I'm not gonna do yeah. that. He's already playing very well, um, but I think on uh, when when they reach the playoffs, which they no doubtedly will, they're sitting second in the West. The Kings are um, crazy, isn't it? It's just more crazy. eyes. Looks like a typo. Eyes oh. on Kevin Herder. Yeah. Um, he's taking virtually the same amount of shots as he was at the Hawks, mm-hmm. but just at a higher efficiency efficiency rate. <laughs> Um, with more impact, I'd say. And you say, yeah. what's changed then? If he's taken the same shots, what's changing? And I'd probably pinpoint it down to the cast around him. Mm-hmm. Not that the Kings are significantly better because the Hawks, you know, they're a capable squad, Trey yeah. Young on his side. But um, playing next to a transition threat like De'Aaron Fox and a playmaking centre such as uh, DeMontis Sabonis, mm-hmm. he's really flourished in that lethal shooter role. Um, he's averaging a career high in points at 15 points per game, Mm. shooting 49% from the field and 41% from three. Good clip, bro. He's lit the beam multiple times this year. He's been great. uh, And he's honestly probably one of these few guys on the Kings with any playoff experience, Mm -hmm. if not the most. I don't know who else would would, Uh, Malik Mung. Yeah, Harrison Barn. He's a guy that you can just see in the playoffs, maybe when De'Aaron Fox or Sabonis is having an off night, which, you know, they're bound to have occasionally. You can just see him standing up in their absence and knocking down 25 really handy points Mm. to to stand up when when it's needed. So I actually really like this one. So, Lee, from your perspective... How many how many points or what does he need to do in these playoffs for the Hawks to not be this first round exit that most people are probably expecting them to be? I think he's, if they make it, that is. I think he's got to contribute at least fifteen to twenty points a game. I'd be happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to hit the threes that he's supposed to hit. That's mm, really that's what he's there one. for. 
And then he can, I've also seen him countless times step up in clutch moments. Darren Fox has scored the most clutch points this season, but red hot from the three. I don't even know if you remember that crowd roar on that bar yes, leader. the loudest yep. crowd roar. But yes. he's capable of doing so. So if, if big moments arise, he needs to step up. Here's my question for you, Lee. Now, the Kings, it's, uh, it hasn't changed since Luke Walton's tenure. They have probably only enhanced what they're doing offensively. It is, mm. you know, we, we refer to it being a track mate. Yeah. Um, it is put up as many possible points and just hope to outscore the other team. Mm. In the playoffs, we see these def- the defences tighten. Mm. Um, there's a lot more onus and put on defence. Do you think this will hinder the Kings and hinder players like Herder? Probably you'd have to say so. Like you can't say well, otherwise. Are they just going to continue to run and gun and try and put up a buck fifty every night? You can try to do that, but like you says, like you said, defense tightens up in the playoffs. It definitely does. And like mm. who have they got defensively? The Kings. Uh, Delhi. Uh, like Delhi. how have we forgotten about him so quickly? Yeah, no. Well, Sabonis can do a little bit. Harrison Barnes out there yeah. will give you a little bit. Um, Davion Mitchell. Mm, true. You know, there's there's bits and pieces again. Mm. You compare it to some of the other defenses in the league, it's certainly nowhere near no. the level of the top tier. Um, but it just but, speaks to how good their offensive exactly. game is, exactly. given they're currently second in the West. Like, I don't know crazy, if I'm man. putting it down to them being a really good regular season get, uh, team, or are they going to be one of these teams that are a threat in the playoffs? Well, I'm looking forward Philly. to a couple of weeks' time, once we have these uh, these matchups set, doing our playoff predictions, I think there'll be some uh, interesting opinions on that one. Mm-hmm. But great start, Lee. Looking forward to it. Right. What's on the agenda? Uh, my first player is Josh Hart from the New York Ooh, Knicks. Okay. Now, great acquisition. Great acqu- acquisition. And... It just goes to show, like, the proof's in the pudding, really, with this one. Since acquiring Josh Hart, the Knicks have won 11 of their 14 games, and he's already proved to be such a valuable piece of their rotation. And um, so far, he's providing really good numbers in all key statistical categories, not knocking down 30 or, you know, having 15 rebounds every game. But he's doing his his bit, isn't he? He's averaging nine points, eight rebounds, four assists, and shooting really efficiently as well, 55%. And um, from my perspective, this is the kind of impact that the Knicks need from Josh Hart come the playoffs. And it's really good to have this momentum from a New York perspective coming into the playoffs, just having that bit of confidence, that bit of like swagger about them, as if to say, we know that we can um, have a, have a, contribution in these playoffs and we're not going to flail out in the first round and i think in their minds they'll at, as it stands at the moment i think they're coming up against the Cavs. um as it sits they're going sits, yeah. they're going pretty confident i, I think, think they would as well i think the Cavs have their their issues yeah um yep you know in terms of actually like clogging the paint hitting the three ball at the minute they're struggling uh i think there's a lot of concern there i think at the minute if i had to to take it Face value, I'd probably be taking the Knicks. Probably would be taking the Knicks, wouldn't you? And momentum is such an important thing, as anyone who has played sport knows. It's it comes down to almost like a mental game in that respect, in terms of what like when you know, isn't it? Yeah, when you know you can compete at the highest level and win these really important games, um, it would be a huge impact. So, um, Josh Hart for mine, expecting big things come these playoffs, hopefully for the Knicks. Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm a huge fan of what he does in terms of again both ends of the floor. Um, he doesn't need to be a big scorer or be no. a big 
a kind of big cog in the wheel in terms of scoring, mm. but his energy and enthusiasm, and it seems to have really rubbed off well on Brunson as well. It has just a, a bit of a kind of a, you know, a light under the fire there. Or well, they've obviously, they, they obviously love playing together because yeah, they played it. together in college as yeah, well. So exactly. it's just, it's almost like they're both thriving. They're both at the optimum level of happiness, I guess. And they're playing at the highest level. Just on the Knicks, I'll raise my hand for a point. Mm. I said, you know, for all the Josh Giddy and Dyson Daniels and all the, all the good calls I've had across <laughs> yeah. uh, the course of the daily dribble, I'll put my hand up when I made a mistake. Okay. Um, and that us. was uh, that RJ Barrett's going to be the number yeah. one guy on this team. No. That didn't age well. Um, it didn't, but it takes a big man to admit your mistakes. I'm and a big man, right? See, here. I will, I will, I'll give you some leeway because I remember that. I hope it was. I think it was the hot takes episode. Was it? And I got no leeway for my Herb Jones. No, you comment, got deep. I was, I, I was, I was only watching that the other night and having to chuckle at it. it I was having a good chuckle at it. The confidence oh, you spoke. Herb Jones. I'm blown, for DPOY. I'm blown away by Josh Hart's. Uh, rebounding abilities actually yeah. i don't know how tall this guy is but i've seen him put up like 12 13 rebounds and he's he's averaging eight so he must be around that you know 10 mark and he's predominantly uh, playing off the bench as well isn't yeah. he yeah i mean for his size in limited minutes to have the amount of rebounds that he's been having is what do you think incredible. he is uh i'd say six eight six, i'd say seven. six seven yeah i was about to say that six foot four what you're joking six, six foot four boy. josh hart he play. he just looks bigger than he is because he can do all of these key there things like rebounding and that's surprising i, I know well. you could say this for six, most four, nba four. players because they're professional in the sport but i truly think josh hart is one of these guys that could go anywhere and uh, bring benefit to make an impact absolutely yeah, i agree Great chow. Uh, I'll, I'll go with my first one is Tyus Jones yeah, from the like Memphis him. Grizzlies. Now, you might have seen me over the last week or two chopping and changing and adding him in over the fantasy league. Yes, yes. yes. I wondered um, where this was coming from and we know why. He's your new favourite, is he? Well, not, not favourite, but I like the way he goes about it. And with especially over the last week or so, with all the uncertainty surrounding Morant, mm. he's been filling that starting point guard role really well. Stood up mm. really, really, well. really serviceable. You know, it's nothing flashy. It's quite meat and potatoes, but that's what the Grizzlies need. Mm. Um, but I think even once Morant comes back and he goes to that backup point guard role, he'll still have a valuable role to play within this team. Mm. Now, again, mm -hmm. that he's just enhanced the trust in him by being this starting point sure. guard. Um, he's averaged 10 points, two and a half rebounds, one steal, nearly five assists a game. These have all been on the uptick lately since he's been starting. Uh, whilst knocking the three ball down at nearly 38% and going 83% from the line. And That's the beautiful great. thing about him that I like, he averages mm. less than one turnover a game. Yeah. Oh, we which, love that. And so important in playoffs and big games, big moments. 100%. You know, I just because it's the first example that mm. came to my mind, we look at Russell Westbrook mm. and God bless his soul, mm. you know, Lakers man, isn't he? We, we love him out in LA. <laughs> but that guy turns the ball over, you know, more than I change underwear. Yes. Like, that guy turns the ball over a lot and it really impacts your offense. It impacts, you know, flow. You do, the flow. Yep. But if you've got a player who's handling the ball a lot, who can just actually nurture the rock, we look at what Halliburton's done out in the paces. He's mm. another guy who turns the ball over very little and how well they've flourished under him. Mm. Um, so I give, I give big props to Tyus Jones on that front. Uh, as I said, really like the way he just fits in within the team. JJJ's getting his... You know, Desmond Bain, mm -hmm. he's not the guy jacking up 25 shots like Dylan Brooks' game. Yeah. Just gets his within the flow of the team, which I love. 
Um, he is very selfless, isn't he? Yeah, and nice he's a really Jones. pesky defender. I know. Yeah. He's like underrated. His defensive chops, he's a little pig in there. Yeah, and I love like, it. Another guy you just want on your team, like with your star player being a point guard in Ja Morant mm-hmm. and then coming off the bench being as selfless as he is. And also, I don't know if you see when Tyus Jones is on the court, but he is really directing the yeah. traffic. And jam. I know that's your job as a point guard, but he does it. Um, it's yeah, he just does it really well. Yeah, yep, yep. I actually really like this one, Nick, and um, and he's it's, a former Duke product as well out of college. Duke product, so there you go. He's not out. He's it's not out of the water for him being in these big game situations. And you know, I think regardless of what happens with Jar, how it all translates, mm. I think he's going to have an impact, and he's kind of one of those hidden gems more. So. I think so as well. And coming up against top tier point guards. Night in, night out, while Jamaran has been out, Invaluable. and then coming back to the bench, coming up against these second stringers, some of them quite ordinary in comparison. That's how um, confident it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be through the roof, and at the right time of the year, which is super important, obviously. Fantastic. Let's move ahead to round two, Lee. I'll go with this. I wasn't going to go with this guy, but none of well, you. Last minute switch. None of you guys said him, and I can't leave him out. So yes, last minute switch. Well, what I'm have intrigued. you got? I'm going to go with Jared Vanderbilt. Did any oh. of you guys have him? I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't either. Um, um, and I'm. I think from my perspective, it was because I'm not 100% sold that Lakers will be there yeah. come playoffs. As much as I hate to agree, like I really say it with pain, <laughs> uh, like a strained face at the moment. I agree. Like it's. Uh, well, should it's, I go with someone that? No, 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 no. Because no, I okay. stick to your guns. Absolutely, and it's a great pick. And we've talked about him a fair bit over the last week or two, so I won't say too much about him, but. He does contribute a lot defensively, mm-hmm. I think. So I think with um, AD on the floor and him on the floor at the same time, they're a bit, very big threat. Um, a lot of the stuff he does is more so off the box score. Um, it doesn't it doesn't show up in the stats. One but percenters. Yeah, one percenters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very high on Jared Vanderbilt. Do you, do you think he is possibly the, the the piece that gets the Lakers in the playoffs? Is that hence why you've picked him? Like. What he's doing, mm. again, offensively, he's giving enough, but defensively, especially grabbing those defensive boards. Mm. Again, yeah. another player who plays bigger than what he is. Yeah, out, uh, of, out of all the acquisitions, I'd say him and D'Lo are probably the, the most impactful in getting them to the playoffs. And yeah. I must admit, when he did come over to the Lakers, or when that deal was made, he was the last one who was who I was taking notice to. And i tell you what, since the acquisition, he's the one who's impressed me the most. Mm. And I know D'Lo's had some really good, Performances, but I think Beasley just had a good game against the, well, the other day, 100%. then shut the bed against the Rockets. Yeah, as he tends to do, unfortunately. Yeah. But JVB, I think if they make the playoffs, he's going to prove to be vital. Really love that. Another player. guy like Jonathan Isaac with yes. just the ideal basketball type body. I he agree. Can really guard. He can, he can guard one through five with his frame. Um, yeah, love him. You know what I would have loved, and I know mm. it's you know butterfly effect situation or whatever the case, whatever you want to say it is. What this Lakers team would have done with all their all their signings, Rui, you know, Vanderbilt, um, mm. Beasley, mm. Russell, Coe, all the rest of them. Um, Mo Bamba, I can't mm. get big Mo, can I? What they would have achieved and how they'd be sitting in the standings had this have been the squad from the start of the season. Yeah. Or, mm. No, not from 60 games in, 55 games in, whatever it was. Well, I guess we're going to find out next season, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that's true. Like or, we're going to get a really good indication as to whether these acquisitions are enough to elevate them again. Or we'll see it in the playoffs. That, exactly. Well, right. Fingers crossed. I mean, we've seen them do it before. We've we seen them win the chip 
with their two stars and their and a good surrounding cast. That's exactly what they have this year. As we said so, this, uh, just before we came on air, though, I would have felt considerably more confident just given how close the standings are, mm. had they beaten the Rockets yesterday. Mm. Even though really they were without AD. And no, LeBron. that's rubbish. I'm not happy. It's the Rockets, man. Like, yeah, without, without the, AD and LeBron, they're pretty much the Jazz. The defense was tragic, and without Mo Bumba as well, they were relying. They started Vanderbilt. Oh, they started Rui at center, mm. um, and then had winning Gabriel off the benches. They're, they're big man stock. So. It's crazy. I saw Rui was regularly playing as shooting guard at the Wizards. Honestly, could not. <laughs> and, and now he's, he's playing, playing centre. I uh, don't know about it. Crazy, crazy times in the NBA. Mm, agree. Ro, what have you got for me? Now, here's another guy, another acquisition, who I think could have I'll an impact. What, we need a dollar play. jar on the word acquisition, acquisition at the minute, don't we? It's that's good. That's the word of the day, word. 100%. Um, I've gone with T. Ross, Terrence Ooh, Ross yeah, from the was, Phoenix yeah, Suns. Like yep. And look. So far, he's been a little bit up and down, which I think is to be expected given the fact that he's still gelling with the team. New environment, it's bound to happen. Mm -hmm. But I look at their second unit players, and I know Payne had a good game today, but there's Payne, Wainwright, Jock Landau, TJ Warren, Lee, Biombo. Those guys I don't see in a playoff series as being guys who you can rely on to put in, put in points mm. night in, night out. So did you say TJ Warren there? I did say TJ you, Warren. but You've, I, you've, uh, you've gone blind to Bubble Warren, I have you? Think, I, he's I, long gone, isn't he? He's, he's history. Bubble Warren was absolutely incredible as an Flashing NBA fan, but I think that was long gone, as you just mentioned. Yep. I think out of all these guys coming off the, coming off the bench, I think Terrence Ross is probably the most likely mm-hmm. to be able to, once he gels a little bit more over the next few weeks, be a can a consistent scorer and they really need that because we don't know how K- the status of KD come these playoffs. If he's not there, there's going to be a heavy reliance on Devin Booker to put up, put up points. And yep. even if he is there, you need guys to keep the scoreboard rolling over once the um, bench come on. So I know come playoffs, the rotation shorten and mm-hmm. there won't be as much reliance on a lot of these players as there probably is during the regular season. Right. But I think he's definitely going to be one of these players who I think the Suns, even though he's a new acquisition, I think that he's going to be relied on quite heavily. I agree. It was was it Terrence Ross a couple of years ago in the first round? I think it was was it the Bucks or it might have been against the Raptors and he hit that buzzer beating three mm, to get the series, I think, I think just to was, one apiece. Yeah. I do remember yeah. Yeah. on the road and it was like, oh damn, can yeah. the magic do something special? They ended up getting <laughs> waxed the next couple of games, but it was a hell of a moment. Oh, um, it was. And, yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to be a huge, huge cog on what they do moving forward in terms of that that bench production because there are a couple of questionable characters in amongst that. Yes. But I think he's kind of the point of consistency in terms of what you're going to get. And his game has been built around scoring quickly in limited minutes. Mm. I'll talk about his time at the Orlando Magic specifically. Um, he is no stranger to having to come on and put, in, put up really important points. Mm. I hope he can turn around this slump he's in right now because he is in a slump. He and I is. know he's a new aqua. I know he's a new <laughs> signing. Uh, yeah, signing. Of the- <laughs> Use a synonym like when you're doing an essay and you need to mix up yeah. words yep. of the Suns. But th- that's the only reason I hadn't put him in. I haven't seen any signs of turnaround yet. It it will come. Um, but I I couldn't put him over like campaign right now. Like campaign had like Rose had a great game today, mm, and I'd have him probably being more efficient in the playoffs than. T. Ross, as of right now. 
there you go. Keeping with the theme, I'm going to push on with my last one with a, a Phoenix Suns player as well. Yes, I know. An, an acquisition? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I've got Josh Okoye. Yeah, I love, that is I love well, Yeah, Yeah, it is, but I didn't want to no. use the word. <laughs> um, I've got Josh Okoye. I think once KD returns, he'll be that guy alongside Chris Paul, Booker, mm-hmm. Aiton, who starts, as we've seen throughout his tenure there, which provides a very important role. Now, across the season so far, he's averaged seven points, three and a half rebound, one and a half assists, and nearly a steal a game. Mm. We know what he can provide on the defensive end, like his length. Again, another player who plays bigger than what he is can kind of almost guard one through five. Um, six foot four in height just mm. as well. A Josh Hart little speck yes. there. But on the offensive end is where he's kind of going to show up in this mm. series, I think, and making shots. Now, this team has multiple players that are going to get that can potentially get double team looking namely at at Booker and and Durant there mm. Chris Paul as well maybe at times mm-hmm. but that's going to leave somebody free and the Older guy Kogi's who's gonna, not getting double teamed is he the guy who's going to be free is nine times out of 10 going to be a Kogi yes now this season so far he's gone up 40% from the field and 34% from three not groundbreaking numbers by any stretch mm. but if he could somehow get this towards you know 36 37% It'll be a real weapon because, as I said, he's always going to be open for the kick out. Mm. Uh, I like his versatility, his ability to play, again, with a, within a team full of stars. Yeah, I think he might have a few big moments himself. And I felt, as I put this in the other night, this selection, it was great today seeing the performance, um, a really hard-fought victory over the Orlando Magic. Mm. He had 15 points, four rebounds, four assists, three steals, three blocks. Didn't shoot the ball great uh, by any stretch, but just, again, doing doing bits of everything and, and showing up when it mattered most. Isn't it great on podcast day when I one of your love picks it. like I this love it. just validates your pick yes. and you just come in feeling super confident? Oh. That's why with my Terrence Ross pick, I know he's been in a bit of a slump. I was a bit hesitant to bring it out, but I think he can have an impact. But yeah. Akogi, I love that pick. Yeah, And to be honest, in general, I love these guys who don't get the credit they deserve. Go under the radar. That's why these episodes are good, isn't it? Provides a moment for them to have their moment in the light, especially, no doubt, during the playoffs. We're going to be talking about the big guns. Yeah, absolutely. And rightly so. But, um, yeah, credit where credit's due. I think he's going to have a big big playoff series. It'd be hard um, for Josh Okoge and players in general to find your identity around such high-name players. KD, Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton all surrounding you as you step onto the floor to start. Yep. Um, you really need to strip your ego and um, understand you're, you're not going to be one of these guys That's like right, you said. Because they're all professionals, yeah. aren't they? Like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I agree. It, it is hard. You need to, you know, just check your ego at yeah. the door. And um, it's a testament to any player that can kind of play that role, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, guys, there you have it. There is our selections for players that we think, under the radar players, we think will have a big impact come playoff time. Um, Any honourable mentions? No honourable mentions from me, mate. Uh, who who was yours that you had? My the the one I switched yeah. up real quick. I was just going to go with Josh Green from what? the Mavs. I, I to be honest, as you said that, I was thinking my head went straight to Jalen Green on the Rockets. I was like, no. you belling. They're not going to be anywhere <laughs> near the playoffs. They're going to make a late run. Josh actually, Green, Aussie well, boy. I've actually got an honourable mention. A guy who I picked up in fantasy recently. He's been performing quite well. Kyle Anderson. From the yeah. Minnesota oh, slow mo, slow mo. I tell you what, he Slimey. has been stepping up massively. He's the oh. slowest, quickest guy I've ever seen. As in, <laughs> he's he so so slow, but somehow eludes players still. Very Luke like Luke-esque. 
but Without it's on quarter speed. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> Speaking of which, fellas, we are now, and, you know, we'll put something on the socials, coming up to the absolute climax of our fantasy league season. Um, it's getting pointy. All, all three of us still remain in the fight yes. for the championship. Yep. So uh, I got a buy because I finished on top. So did Ro. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had to grit it out in the uh, the, the quarterfinal here. But uh, so I'm you'll come win in, that one. You'll come in match hardened. I'm assuming match hardened next yep. week in the uh, the semi final. And uh, yep. you know, there's a lot of bragging rights at stake here, gentlemen. So all the best over the coming Appreciate couple of weeks. It. Thank you very much. Not hearing any well wishes for me. Coming back, any nothing. Uh, I hope you win because I hope I get the win next week. So there we go. Make it a bit easier. Oh, <laughs> right, cut your mic off, <laughs> um, guys. Thank you once again for joining us. Another massive episode. I will be back next week on Monday, recapping the fallout of a phenomenal NBL Grand Final series. The Sydney Kings prevailing in an all-time game five for that one. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was really something. Just the season as a whole, the Grand Final series. It really was befitting of probably one of the tightest NBL seasons in recent memory. Absolutely. Uh, loved every minute of it. Sad to say the season is now officially over, but uh, we'll continue pumping out content. Got a few guests lined up in the works as well. Uh, I won't name any names as of yet, but there are a couple of names that we've got uh, got hopefully coming on over the coming weeks. Got in the barrel. Yep. Yeah, that's it. So good things there. Guys, continue to stay update with all of our socials. Lee, what are they? Uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. YouTube. LinkedIn. There you go. I thought YouTube. I'd just throw to you to make sure you're on your P's and Q's there. <laughs> Subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Granted, no YouTube this week. We'll be back on that one next week. And uh, yeah, that's about it from me. Guys, till next week, have a fantastic week, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.